This is Defender Radio. I'm Michael Howie, and this is Defender Radio, the podcast for wildlife advocates and animal lovers, brought to you by the Fur Bears. It's my birthday. Well, it's my birthday week. And since everyone has to do what I say for the rest of the week, we're going to take a short step away from the usual topics we cover on Defender Radio. Now, don't worry, I have an awesome interview with Robert Lennox, whose work on a predator removal study is discussed all the way from his current location in French Polynesia. But that's next week, because this week, it's my birthday. As some of you may know, I'm a bit of a geek. I love playing video games, tabletop games, and role-playing games. I also enjoy comedy audio dramas, like old-fashioned radio plays, and improv. I'm very fortunate that two of my very favorite people in the world, Sean Howard and Eli McElveen, have created a fantasy comedy podcast I love, Alba Salix Royal Physician. And when they said they wanted to do a Dungeons & Dragons type game in that universe, using improv and incredible friends and performers Marisa King and Carter Siddle, which would then be published as a podcast, I jumped at the chance. Literally. Sean may still have a bruise. The End of Time and Other Bothers was born, and Episode 6 released just last week. On the weekend, I sat down with Sean, Eli, Marisa, and Carter, and we talked about the game, how a decision to be empathetic to animals and others in our world transformed the story, and why we end up laughing and laughing every time we play together. As an added bonus, the next two episodes in your Defender Radio podcast feed are the first two episodes of The End of Time and Other Bothers. I'll tell you more about how to listen to that show after our interview. To start out... We, Eli's making faces at me. There is a lot of very basic things to talk about first, because when I try and explain what our show is to people. Have we started or you're just yes. explaining to us? No, I'm recording now. Well, we oh. were recording, but now we started. When I say, okay, and I start talking like that, that's you know, normally it's anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no, this is staying in. Oh, hell. Um, <laughs> so we, now you didn't say, okay, there. Are you starting again? <laughs> <laughs> when okay okay i got it all right when we talk about this show we use a lot of different words and i find that can be very confusing because we're saying it's an improv show it is a bit of a fantasy show it's a live play actual play uh it's a podcast so before we get into what we're doing specifically and who everyone is uh sean or eli could you maybe just sort of break down in the simplest layman terms, what the end of time and other bothers is for an audience member. No. Thank you. Eli. <laughs> it's it's improvised storytelling. Sean is our game master and leads the story. He's got the of, of all of us, I, I'm not a player, but but of all of us, he's got the the strongest notion of of what is going to happen in the episode and describes what's happening it's it's based on a game system uh, if you, if you're familiar with something like dungeon and dungeons and dragons it follows um, a set of rules that help us tell this um, crazy evolving story do you want to yeah i'd say if you listen to it you're going to listen to um improvised stories We've got some amazing, talented improvisers, 
actors, actresses, and we are uh, we are playing a role playing game. It's a very geeky thing, mm-hmm. um, but we have made this uh, role playing game way more accessible than most live play shows. So you are going to hear a fully edited story with that's improvised in the moment with really strong characters, and Eli's touching me. Um, so you're going to hear. <laughs> We don't Dear edit God. on my show, by the way. Just so everybody I knows. almost had a chain of thought there. Okay. <laughs> you want to try, Carter? Okay. <laughs> All right. So what it is, essentially, is a group of people playing a Dungeons & Dragons-like game, only without as many battles. Because Dungeons & Dragons is usually about slaying a dragon, slaying an army of orcs, or something like that. So we use dice basically as a means of helping the improv along. So if you wanted to do something like, can I open a door? You would roll the dice. A certain set of numbers means you can't. A certain set of numbers is you can, but with a cost, you open the door, but say you hurt yourself or your pants come off or something like that. And a certain other set of numbers is a wild success. You open the door and, I don't know, money falls out of the keyhole or something. And doing that allows the audience to know that we are indeed making this stuff up as we go along. And hopefully Mm. that stays entertaining. I don't know who wouldn't want to listen. We have opened hundreds of doors. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one of the big things, and this came up in episode zero of the end of time and other bothers feed when I interviewed Sean as just sort of a bit of an introduction to the new show. We probably answered it better there. Yeah, I think we did. Um, But one of the big things is in Dungeons and Dragons and anyone who has played the game or who has seen people play the game know you will end up spending a lot of time rolling dice. In this game, a, a format was chosen to reduce that. I think we've rolled dice like eight times in eight episodes Mm -hmm. or something Mm -hmm. like that. It's, yeah, it's about the story. So we this is an improvised story in a fantasy world where you, I, I say it's animal friendly. Uh, you can listen. You don't have to worry about us, you know, attacking animals in it or killing wolves or any of that. Mm-hmm. That would often happen in a and d setting. So it's uh, it's us exploring the world of Alba Salix around the table. And to jump back, Alba Salix was our first show. It's scripted. It's a it's a comedy sitcom essentially. It's a comedy a fantasy sitcom uh, about a witch who runs a little um, health clinic, basically. And we've done a couple spinoffs, and this is the second big one. And we decided to do something quite different and 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 open it up with with players inventing their roles and uh, inventing their, their their actions as they go along rather than following a, a script. It has been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of very positive feedback. Um, and what's interesting, I think, so far from a purely podcast world point of view is the merging of some of the different uh, interests. So you do have the people who loved Alba Salix, which if, if you have not listened, you should. It is, to me, akin to... A um, a BBC style comedy, really audio comedy. That was sort of my template for it. Yeah, yeah, and it comes across. It's it's wonderful to listen to. Um, and then we've got people who are more interested in gameplay shows, mm-hmm. and there are a lot of those that are great. 
but this one has sort of just a bit of that. Yeah, it's 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 funny. Like I don't if you don't like live plays, this might be the show for you because we hear a lot of people say I don't listen to live play role playing games because it's just it's not a mic set up in the table and you just hearing people play D and D and three hours. and and talking about their stats and whether they can do yeah. this action or another this according about, to the rules. Yeah, this is about improvised storytelling, so um, it's very different. Um, so I think, but I think if you do like live plays, you might enjoy this because it's 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 a, it's got some of those same characteristics. It's four people on a table. We die laughing every once in a while. Mm-hmm. Normally, when involving Egerton or Blatt, um, yes. do anything. Um, but yes. And just so everyone knows, when we're referencing characters, I play Egerton, a flightless fairy who is a PR person. Uh, and Carter, you are Blatt, the uh, half demon file clerk. Former file clerk. Former, <laughs> now yes. former. Now former. And Marisa, you are Darcy, the human cleric. Cleric. At this point. At this point. Well, former yes. former cafeteria former worker. cafeteria line worker. <laughs> yes, we've <laughs> we we all picked very high uh, high status. Yeah, that's yeah. that's what we were all going for. And the the principle of the story is we are being flung back through time to save time, save the multiverse, save yeah, yeah the world. Um, and it, it's it's going. I mean, I I feel pretty good about it so far. Uh, we've not destroyed time what's your line about saving the multiverse carter well there's the irony that as michael said three very very low status people have been chosen to uh save the multiverse a pr rep a file clerk and a cafeteria line worker not a single person with any military or scientific expertise whatsoever yeah. mm-hmm but that was one of the key premises that Sean and Eli came up with is that we wouldn't have any powers when we started. We were just regular people. And then you're thrown into D&D-like situations with no skills or uh, knowledge or battle-hardened uh, experience, which I think makes it a lot more interesting. What, what, was, what did you, what did you uh, select from the quartermaster for your first mission? A toy sailboat. <laughs> it was not effective in battle. <laughs> But it almost did end up in a nice afternoon. Yes. Um, of playing in the sailboat, which we couldn't fit in. That's a whole story, though, that just came out in this week's episode, uh, episode six. You no, could, I was going to say. You're going to interrupt me? No, go ahead. I know. You, you, you go, go ahead. Go. I'm, you, you, right. you got the interviewer. You got all the. Uh, I have the power. You have yep. the power. Um, not Snickles. Snickles does not have the power. <laughs> That is one of Sean's characters. Sean play. Sean is the only one who plays multiple characters, mm-hmm. and that's the role of the game master or dungeon master if if you're in D and D. And he has all sort of characters, and that's Snagel, who has evolved a bit and become a fan favorite. And in improv, what's the one rule in improv, Carter? One rule of improv is that you always have to agree with what your scene partner says or does. No, you don't. <laughs> Well, you see, what you just done, Snagel, <laughs> is just stop the seed short. So it's oh. yes and. Oh, yes and no, I don't. I, again, this interview has come to a screeching <laughs> halt. How about no but? That That's a sort of a, an, oh. a, an addendum to it where. But Snagel has a but. <laughs> yes. Now, 
<laughs> it's continuing, but we're talking about a non-player character. It's ass. not as nice as his evil ship's butt. Okay, now we're no. talking about Blatt's butt. And now we're uncomfortable. Uh, uh. And continue for three hours, and that's our show. Yay! <laughs> Thank God for judicious editing. <laughs> <laughs> One of the my favorite things when Sean and Eli sort of presented this idea was the discussion about the world in which we would exist. And as Sean mentioned uh, briefly, and I want to get into this, in gaming in general, uh, and we're all, we all play games around this table of various types, uh, a lot of animals end up being fodder. Mm -hmm. And if you're a parent and you have kids, um, if you like to play games, or if you've never played games and that's something that you're worried about, that is a very unsettling thing at times in a lot of games. Uh, um, uh, I don't even know what you call it, just like the, the mobs, monsters, mm -hmm. who are just there for the sake of your character getting experience by killing. They're wolves, they're wild dogs, they are they're yeah. birds. They're the animals that societally we have been told are potentially bad. Yeah. yeah, because and that includes video games, which is oh, yeah. oh, ubiquitous yeah, yeah. with young people too, as well. So because you can't get well, through a video game without having to kill them. Watching Marisa play a video game. It was what's the one with the woman, Lara Croft. Lara, Lara Croft. Tomb Raider. Oh, Tomb Raider. Tomb Raider. And we're watching Marisa play, and the deer and the boar and everything are literally dancing in front of her all the time on the screen, like shoot me, shoot yeah. me, it, it, and it, she's it, like, because nope, the, because past. the game yeah scales the difficulty, and it's like. Ooh, I guess I guess the player is having trouble uh, with with, with their like aim. Trying to push so. her way through a sea of fawn to get into the like next dungeon. Yeah, you're supposed to improve your hunting skills. So as Eli That's says, they yeah. feel like you're not doing very well, so they need to help you by putting more deer in your path. Oh. But I uh, just would refuse to shoot them. Well, just going back uh, to video games again for a second, there was the game Red Dead Redemption. Oh dear, oh, no, no, I got it. Oh. Now, so, so do not a, hit circle when you're riding a horse. This is a brilliantly written wonderfully designed game. Oh, yeah. It really is. Legendary. But if you, yeah. like me, can't always quite remember in the moment what button does what, it's a Western game. Obviously, you're going to ride a horse. So you're out riding your horse, say, in the mountains somewhere. It's all very lovely. But if you hit, I don't know if it is indeed the circle button, let's say it is, your cowboy then makes the choice to get off his horse and then skin it, mm -hmm. which you would then use to sell at the local town, I suppose, was yep. the purpose Horrifying. of it. Horrifying. Horrifying, and also incredibly impractical, because if you're in the middle of nowhere and you hit the wrong button, you've now skinned <laughs> your horse, and you have no means of transportation. So... Or so maybe... this is a great segue in the fact that we have two vegetarians <laughs> and two vegans playing our game. Yeah. Yep. So we've had to introduce some rather interesting new words because sometimes us vegetarian players <laughs> will make a horribly, horribly inappropriate offer like butter, cheesecake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or yeah, I was super butter. At which point, um, I believe, Michael, you were the one that first invented pleather. Yes, pleather, pleather butter and pleather cheesecake. Yes. Well, I, that actually came from Stephen uh, originally. I don't know if you remember this. So Our game consultant. Yes, the game consultant, Stephen. Uh, we were playing a game of D&D, &D, and I think you were just sort of warming up your skills when you first got the idea for this. And in his character backstory, he said the pleather forest. 
Yeah. Do you remember that? That's yeah. where that idea first got in my head. So it's not a real forest? Um, well, no, it's, it's, <laughs> a, it's an imaginary forest. It's a, it's a facsimile but... forest. Mm -hmm. So the the concept was, well, I mean, we, we can't not have, a, like, it, it, it is almost impossible, or at least impractical, to try and build a world where everything is vegan and happy-go-lucky and still have conflict. So it's deciding when, like, let's find, well, all right, we'll, we'll sort that out later. Yeah, we'll talk about yeah, right. monsters and things. Yeah, well, there's so, okay, that's a whole other yeah. category, but monsters aren't people. Yeah, well, that's that's the trick of, of when you're, yeah, you're trying to bring in conflict or, or combat. Mm -hmm. um, your enemies, uh, what are they? What are they going to be? Yeah, I don't know if you want to go into that right now as we're going to talk about weather, but yeah, yeah like like half of the monster manual when I looked at it, which is a classic D&D source, yeah. and, and we're not playing D&D &D per se, but um, half of it are just creatures just yeah, trying to go about just their wildlife. lives. They're just yeah. wildlife, but they're giant. So they'll take anything and make it giant or give it a special ability, and suddenly it's something you have to fight. And I'm always like, well, they just want to live their lives, right? So that that's one thing. But then also when you look at the fantasy world, there's a lot of problems, right? So a lot of the fantasy world we have today comes from Tolkien. Mm. And it comes from Victorian era. And a lot of it can now be read as other. So if you had black skin or other colored skin, that's mm -hmm. a primary differentiator between evil creatures that you're supposed to attack and normal creatures. Yeah. So there's a lot of that that we also like was running this game trying to be more aware of you know what makes what makes a anyways, it's hard line, right? Yeah. So like what makes a monster a monster? Um is it is it just that they're unfamiliar to us or is it someone that has intent against us? Mm -hmm. And you can only use Nazis so much. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Indiana Jones. That's why they've waited so long for the next movie. Uh, they're zombies. In... We're, we're going to hit a point where you guys are like, we don't want any more zombies. They're back yeah. in vogue now. They're yeah, coming they're back. Granted. Yeah. So... In more ways than one. I don't know if we want to get into that. Yeah. We do talk politics on the show sometimes. Uh, and I'm willing to bet most of my listeners will agree Nazis are a little more popular right now than they were, say, a year and a half ago. I don't know. Um Back to pleather. Yes. So pleather was the idea to, I can do those segues. I'm allowed, Eli. All right. Um, pleather, the whole concept of pleather was to have a material that could replace a lot of those common things that Sean was talking about. Um, you know, you'd have your leather pouch for your money and you'd have your leather belts and you'd have your deer hide, whatever. Uh, so at first it was just, we're just going to, I'm just going to throw pleather in front of everything that comes up. So there was, there was butter. And I said, oh, we don't have butter. We have pleather butter. <laughs> so it's become tofu as well. Yeah. <laughs> and um, the uh, cheesecake. Mm -hmm. uh, in one episode, there's a desperate need for cheesecake. And it turns out that my character knows how to make the best pleather cheesecake in the region. Um, and then it was sort of a, I think I was just messaging with Sean. And I said, you know, what if we explain a bit more now about where pleather comes from? So now there's an there's an encyclopedia entry that we've written and published to Patreon supporters mm -hmm. um, about the natural history of pleather and the pleather tree and it's all many uses and who discovered it and and yes. found yeah um, which was fun to do yeah and I was always I mean I was sort of wondering just running this game and building this world in this game like at what point would people be like oh you know what I mean like you guys are vegetarian and it really it hasn't come up now we don't really spend a lot of time evangelizing 
it in the show. But I will not kill you because that is bad. That may happen. Um, <laughs> next episode. Uh, but yeah, um, but yeah, but it's like that idea though, at what point it's it's an interesting thing, right? When you start working that into a show and a world, as a show creator, there there is a concern. I'm like, ooh, you know, what are people are they gonna think, oh, these are just vegans, you know, I don't wanna listen to that. Um, but so far the fan base seems to be um, very diverse and not mm-hmm. I wouldn't say it's like I don't know. I assume we have some vegetarian and vegan listeners. I think we certainly yeah. have listeners that are more on the empathetic empathy side of the equation that are looking for a show that's less about killing and mm-hmm. maiming. Um, but uh, we haven't had any bad feedback. But I think what we're trying to do is, so these video games we've just been referencing and these other D&D games, it's just the assumption that you live in a world where animals are killed for food, for clothing. That's just the assumption of the world. It's not like I think these creators are making any really nasty commentary about animals. It's just that's what we do. And I think what we're trying to do with The End of Time and Other Bothers is say, well, here's our assumption, and it's that you don't have to kill other animals for food and 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 uh, clothing and such and and that's just the world that's so we're not making it as Sean says it's not explicit but the idea is it's there and that's just the assumption we make and we're just going to live in that world and I think that's the better way to do it rather than just constantly saying today we're having carrots instead <laughs> yeah. of meatloaf yeah. I've oh. defeated a level five kale monster <laughs> and now we feast exactly. oh tell us about the kale monster Michael. Okay, now to be fair, kale is evil <laughs> inherently. This has come up in like four of my last six episodes uh, of this show. So, just I should, have, I should have made kale chips for today. Yeah. Uh, no, you shouldn't have. Um, yeah, with, with fantasy in general, uh, you are creating a world often from scratch. And so, you have the opportunity to challenge a lot of assumptions about the society. That you're building it doesn't have to be it doesn't have to follow the rules of what we're used to with with every decision you make that that takes it kind of a step away from from our our own modern day reality uh, i think you, you do run the risk of of making bringing someone out of the story but you know we've we've got a silly um light-hearted fantasy world and i think i think it fits to to make it um, animal friendly too. Absolutely, and I, we've I, got I, we've got talking animals all over the place in our in our main show. Yep, yeah. uh, and yeah, Sean... otherwise we're like those restaurants that have the smiling pig out front. <laughs> oh, <laughs> pig. But that's what a lot of fantasy is. It's yep. like the smiling happy. I cringe when I hear an animal in a live play or a role playing show that I follow because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh god, because I don't want to get attached because I know. Like, if we have to prove a, a, an enemy's evil, they're just going to kill an animal, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a classic trope in movies, or, yeah. in, in anything. And and so, yeah, we wanted to create a space where that wouldn't happen. I just had a great idea for you. If you have someone needing to prove they're evil, have them give, like, a... Kale a, chips? A, that's an option. Have them give a sweater to someone for their birthday without a gift receipt. It couldn't be Blatt. Blatt has a receipt for everything. Yeah, That's right. He would that's go right. back to the store. Hello, I didn't get a receipt for this. Even though I've been thrust centuries <laughs> into the past. <laughs> Is that not something you do here? Uh, <laughs> in my time, that's a thing. Yeah. Now, talking about the improv briefly, this is something that it, <laughs> Sean just leaned forward to his microphone and it gives me heart palpitations when he does that. Um, <laughs> he's trying to kill me, people. 
Improv is all about acceptance and moving forward and building a scene together. Traditional storytelling and gameplay is about having a very set narrative and following it from the beginning to end. Um, right, it's, this is the story and there may More be so. changes, but we're starting here, we're going to end there, and here's my version of the story. Improv, mm -hmm. as Carter likes to help uh, remind us, can go in literally any direction. It's about chaos. <laughs> yeah, and I would say improv, a lot of people think improv is yes ending, and, mm -hmm. and it's not. Improv, that's a key tool that I often break. But but uh, Sean does play Sneagle, who you might recall from the beginning of this episode, doesn't like yes and. Yeah, he denies everything. Um, But improv is about creating a story together, mm -hmm. right? It's about offers, it's about listening, and it's about moving. What I love about improv is improvisers are constantly trying to move the story forward. You know, uh, improvisers, when they feel a story lagging, a lot of people, when we, we're in us, we're doing a shared story and it's like, oh, this it's not fun right now. Improvisers will start making offers. They're like, I got to move this. I got to take it. And when you say offer, that's yeah, a new piece of information or a new direction. Listen to any of our episodes and you will hear it. Yeah. It's, it's that idea of suddenly a ch it's a turn. It's a new, it's a dilemma. It's a challenge. It's, it's an, it's a conflict. It's, it's, it's just an action. Adding that, something to. Right. Bradley, your pants are on fire. Yeah. Well, thank you for pointing that out. These are my on fire pants. I bought at Walmart last week. <laughs> Their prices are so low, low, low. They might just be extinguished. Boom. That was a really bad joke. <laughs> the scene was just moved forward. Yeah. But it, yeah. Into bad jokeville. <laughs> but it moved. So so the idea of what I like about improv and improvisers is that they are trying to tell a story. So it means that we're all thinking about the structure of what's happening. It's, we're all maybe not thinking. Thinking is the wrong word because if you start thinking too much in improv, as Carter says, and Carter's amazing at it. Um, but it's that idea of people don't believe when they listen to our show. Uh, a number of people have commented. They don't. What Somebody left us this five-star review, and they're like, it's amazing. You don't even know that 50% of, of it is improvised. And I'm like, what? I'm like, 100% of it is improvised. I don't even know what's going to happen as the game master half the time. We've so, written scripts for maybe 10 minutes worth of, of several hours. Hours of, of so nine far. hours yeah. of material yeah. that was like early on for some, yeah. but those are like the interstitials. Yeah, like, but now like a little bit of introductory improvised. narration and stuff. So the point is like when you listen to a show that's improvised and it's going really well, you actually can't tell that there's not a script, right? If there's some editing, right? But that's also uh, a benefit in that it's a podcast, and that I'm certainly guilty of this, where you listen back to something that we've recorded and I'm just babbling nonsense. <laughs> as a desperate means of moving the scene yeah. forward, the scene eventually will get yanked forward. And then the babbling bit, well, you just edit that out. Yeah. And then you slap some of uh, Eli's sound effects, some music on top of it. It's, these guys are geniuses. <laughs> well, and I think that's key to what's neat about improv for podcasting is we can edit. Yeah. Sometimes mm -hmm. improv on the stage, you hit points where it's just not going anywhere. We've hit a wall and we've backed up and redone a scene. Yep. Right. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. It's it's then fully improvised again. Um, we all just now know where we're heading towards, but but crazy offers will still happen at the table. Crazy new piece of information. So, um, yeah. So for me, it's it's a highly edited story. Uh, everyone's trying for it, but the key is that people are staying in their character. Mm -hmm. That's what I think makes 
the story so good that we're trying to create together is even if you're babbling, you're babbling as Blatt and um, like we've kept what you would call babble. And it's really funny because it's just Blatt like can't handle the situation yeah. or it's Egerton's, genuine. Egerton's long <laughs> rambling going yeah. on forever is part of his character. And that idea of coming at it from character is what you all three do so well. And it just makes it so easy for me to introduce something. And, I, and Michael, because it's your show, I will admit this to you now because you've probably been wondering. He's in love with me. I have allowed some of the Egerton monologues to go on far longer than I know that they should have because I'm just honestly curious, how long can he keep going? Because an unwritten rule of the show has been in our Abbott and Costello-like uh, relationship that is Blatt and Egerton's friendship is that Blatt's the smarter bullying one and Egerton's the kinder dumber one and when he starts to talk too long Blatt will just cut him off and there have been times yeah we're yeah let's just see how many paragraphs he can get out before he knocks himself out well and you know it's painful for me so that's one of my aspects of my character Egerton who's very very nervous and talks at a very high clip um, which is challenging sometimes when no one's jumping in and there's times where it's sort of like I'm looking at Sean as I'm going and I'm like, and I'm just talking and talking and talking and nodding and nodding and nodding. I'm looking at Sean and I'm looking at Sean. I'm still talking, still talking. And I'm waiting or I look over at Carter. I'm waiting for someone to be like, and now we're going to move on to the next thing. Um, and there, yeah, I have picked up on times that everyone's just kind of like, yeah. He was a bit of a jerk earlier, so let's see what happens. <laughs> um, it's that empathy thing we've been talking about. Yeah. There was a point where I said to Eli, um, can, oh, this is, it was early on, one of the early episodes, where I'm like, can we fade out with Egerton talking and just come up in the act scene where he's still talking? And Eli didn't even blink. He's like, oh, definitely, we have enough material. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and speaking of empathy, this is what I want to wrap on. The mm. four cards, um, when we first sat down to do this, there were four card, or four items agreed on and put up on the wall, which aren't on the wall anymore. Uh, and probably should be. Um, <laughs> what, what were the four items that we were going to have? Fun? Mm-hmm. Fun. Listen. Empathy. Listen. listen and Empathy. Yeah. And we always forget representation. No. no. That wasn't that, that wasn't it. I don't think that's a card. That's just like a general note for all of us. I thought it was. No, I don't. There was a fourth card. But you're it right. It was like representation, but it was a different word. Inclusivity? Uh, inclusivity. Yeah. Inclusivity. Yeah. Inclusive. Yeah. Yeah. inclusive. Yeah. Uh, and I really like that principle. And it really guided us, I think, I, I, we, I don't think we need to lean on it as much now, but when we were starting our characters and starting yeah. our relationships. And it's just, it's a very nice thought when we think, and we, you go back and you look at those moments, and of course we all know each other pretty well, we get along well. Um, some of you have known each other for a long time, but even just to have those thoughts present and say, we're going to be empathetic, we're going to listen to each other, um, we are, I can't remember them again. We're going to be inclusive and we're going to have fun. Uh, and these are generally principles of good performing. Uh, when, you know, Sean and I go to the same place for improv and it's all right at the beginning of most sessions, it's let's be respectful of each other and hear the, the emergency exits. Um, <laughs> yeah, we should do that at the start of everyone. Yeah, yeah we haven't bit. covered that here. Well, it's um, funny because when we started, um, Eli is a creator of Alba, and as Alba's developed into some of our other shows, he has used the the, the fantasy world to talk about social mm-hmm. 
social issues in a fun fantasy comedy way. And so that was one of the things we were talking about when we started to look at doing The End of Time and Other Bothers was, can we do that in this new show? And Eli was the first person to put forward that he doesn't want violence. He just didn't want a lot of violence. And I'll speak on behalf of a couple other people here at the table, but I'm pretty sure myself, you, Mike, and Carter were like, yeah, we could play some hack and slash D&D and kill some things. Um, but Marisa, I think, was the first supporter uh, for Eli of that idea, right? Like, uh, you were, like, the first person to step forward and be like, no, I, I think that's a good idea, right? To, to well, yes. Have... I think, though, to Mike's point, you need some conflict, which often, yeah. unfortunately, in these types of games is certain violence. But I agreed with Eli that it just didn't need to be, you know, 90% violence. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know, 15%. Yeah, <laughs> let's, let's cap the violence to 15. But that that's Think. what led us into that world of not harming animals, because that whole conversation of, well, what violence? What What is the violence that's going to occur? What is the kind of conflict? And I have to say, out of nine episodes, you guys have created tons of conflict, relationship-based mm. conflict, mm -hmm. that had nothing to do with violence. Mm -hmm. And it was funny. And still, and, yeah. Well, and most of the, the most violence... Most of the ones I gave you guys were probably violent. Uh, <laughs> well, most of the violence we have experienced has been that cartoony Warner Brothers yes. comical. <laughs> yeah. Uh, with the exception of the zombie scene in episode six, I think. Right. Uh, and even that's not oh, by any stretch over the top. I mean, yeah. that you could show that on a kid's cartoon. Yeah. Um, but it's, you know... It's... I think you could show... I don't think you can use that as your... I think you can show anything in a kid's cartoon. <laughs> I don't think that's a good witness. Test you could show this on The View. All right, there you go. And not get kids letters. love The View. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what we've stayed away from too is wanton violence, right? Because yeah. in a lot of these podcasts, it's just thoughtless violence. It's just, hey, we've got to shoot this bunny to feed ourselves for the campfire or, mm. or, we just skewered five deer to get through this forest. You know, it's just that idea of not even thinking about it. And I think at least we're, as you can tell, because we're here at this podcast, we're really thinking about it yeah. and what it means and how much there should be. And yeah. And what effect it has too. Right. I mean, we've all had that big conversation at some point of, do you really think violence in the media impacts our lives? And still right. all the various ways it does and doesn't. Um, but I, I just... I really appreciate, I, I have a ton of fun when we do this. It really can be like the highlight of my week, uh, unless my boss is listening, in which case I love every day uh, of work. And I find thinking back to those cards and how having that present when we are starting to make decisions informs the decisions we make. And I think it's just a sort of a nice message that, and I think Sean wrote maybe a little thing about that, uh, that's just sort of like, we've got this nice message for how we want to play our game and that it influences our game. And even if we do that just in our day-to-day -day lives, I want to be a bit nicer today. I want to look for solutions today. I want to use bazookas to blow up zombies today. <laughs> um, you know, I want to say yes and not interrupt people, Sean. Oh, and, I'm so sorry, Michael. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just, it's interesting to me how that then just plays out. And it's one of these little, uh, you know, like leave it to be, not leave it to be, they didn't do that, uh, Wonder Years mm. sort of life lesson moments. Mm. Oh, I've been watching the Goldbergs and they do that too. That one has, it's like the same thing, but the 80s with Patton Oswalt doing the adult voice. Really? Okay. Yeah. I don't know this Let's one. check it out. Hmm. Carter looks deep in thought. He's not. I just like how much we've covered in this one episode. We've talked about D&D &D and... 
how we aren't violent and we've kept it all off with, you know what? Watch the Goldbergs. It's, uh, <laughs> and we that's... talked about Snagglebutt. <laughs> yes, that was also touched upon. <laughs> <laughs> By Blatt. Boom. What? Drop remember the mic. Blatt and Sneagles. Well, yeah, I remember that. I just, yeah, I think you. Singing the Friends song, yeah. <laughs> The butt was touched upon. We talk about non-violent character drama. Tune in to episode five of our series. We get into some real soap opera type stuff. Oh, the Blatt Friends song. If you want to listen to the first two episodes of The End of Time and Other Bothers, just click next in your podcast feed. You can also find the show on iTunes or visit otherbothers.com to learn more about episodes, the cast, and how you can get access to behind-the-scenes footage, outtakes, and more. I want to thank my friends Sean, Eli, Marisa, and Carter for joining me on this special episode, and all of you for putting up with us. Until next time, I'm Michael Howie for Defender Radio reminding you to stay informed and stay strong. <laughs>